Mark O'Flaherty is a design writer, columnist, and photographer for the Financial Times, Esquire, The Times, and Telegraph, who splits his time between New York and London, where he grew up and studied film. In a former life during the 1990s, he was catwalk show producer and music photographer in London and L.A., He is currently shooting and researching a book about individuals in London and New York with amazing and highly personal collections of fashion. So, welcome, Mark. I'm very happy. It's lovely to see you. That you are here. We're not (laughs) selling anything, you It's always a pleasure to see you. You look awesome. So do you. So um, I'm very happy that uh, you agreed to interview me for this podcast series. Um, Just so you know, I've chosen different people that I feel have a connection to some part of what I do Mm -hmm. and are smart Mm -hmm. and can ask great questions. So I was so happy that you agreed and um, I would like you to obviously introduce yourself Mm. and just a line or two. Well, um, as you know, through my various guises in in various ways we've met, um, I write lead fashion stories for the Financial Times. Um, I have a a design column in the Telegraph. I'm also a photographer. I often shoot and write the material for my my pieces. Uh, we had that wonderful afternoon at your house upstate, which was phenomenal. Um, and I felt like that really gave me such a great insight into who you are and what you do and what your kind of what what your psyche is and how the, how you approach design. It was very very interesting. I've I've known about your work forever because, as you know, I've been coming to New York since the eighties, and it's like. Norma Carbali was like the sort of Vivian we- Vivian Westwood of, of of New York, or like you know the um, or the Jean Paul Gaultier. It's like the, a name so synonymous with a certain kind of lifestyle. So I've always been fascinated by what you do. Mm-hmm. So and I'm currently working on on a book project about people with very personal collections of fashion, um, which is ties into some of the things I want to talk to you right. about. When we I saw you last in London, um, and we had a really lovely afternoon at. The Connaught, was it? Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I picked a scab on my arm and I bled all down my arm. And you, I remember you saying, stop picking it. And it's on the inter- it was on the interview. It was very funny. Uh, slap. Um, so we talked about gender fluidity and how the work you're doing, the way you're, you're sort of re- not necessarily reframing, but you're trying to refresh the way you're seen and the way the, the clothes are seen. Um, this, is, this definitely feels like a moment where people are ignoring the parameters of what is male dressing, what is female dressing. Not necessarily on the street, but I know, and we always bemoan, like, a nightlife is dead, the clubs are dead, there's nothing out there. But if you do go to a nightclub in London or New York, you do see Mm -hmm. people who are, who blur boundaries and who look fabulous. And they are the kind of people I'm seeing in your Mm -hmm. clothing. Why do you feel like we're having this moment now in in what is an incredibly conservative time? Yeah, I actually, it it is that and it's very much like the 70s. It's, I I know we've talked about this before, Mm. but the 70s um, had 
a very mixed sort of state of affairs mm. politically. Mm -hmm. um, there were wars, there were crises everywhere. Um, there were strikes and fires, sort of like Paris mm. was happening then. Uh, New York was bankrupt. Mm -hmm. There were, there, it was just chaos. And at the same time, it was also a disruptive time and the, the opportunity for things to fester mm -hmm. that have been quietly festering came to the surface. So it was feminism mm -hmm. and it was the realization that the world is not all under a straight label. Mm -hmm. And that that finally was breathing, you know, it was getting a life. At the same time, there was this sense of freedom mm -hmm. about the way a man or a woman could express themselves through the way they dress. Mm -hmm. So if you had a feminine power about you, um, the idea of wearing a bra was not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think I told you, I didn't think I wore underwear through the mm -hmm. 70s at all, of any kind. And, um, and then guys were just showing their feminine side in a way that was very appealing to everyone. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just for men or just for women. And I, and I cite Mick Jagger because he sort of was the first to swish around mm -hmm. wearing makeup, wearing women's clothes, and appealing to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so the word bisexual became a word. The word mm -hmm. asexual became... Like, nobody knew how to define it, but it was just being sexual, and some days it's feminine, more feminine, and other mm -hmm. days it's more masculine, and it's so much a feeling of what's inside. So that was the beginning, and then AIDS mm. shut it down. And I think the memory of AIDS exists only in people my age, mm -hmm. and people like, I lived in the West Village, mm. and so my friends were dying, mm. I saw death, and mm. I saw the end of of something that mm. was so vital and so powerful. And now the memory is gone, really, even for, you want everyone not to forget, but mm. there is something in that memory passing that allows mm. this to happen again. And like I said, the climate is so much the same politically and in, in every way you can think of globally. Mm that it's great and I am so happy about it I and I'm especially happy because I saw how mm -hmm. free that was and that there weren't people telling you what was in what mm -hmm. was out you looked great you didn't look great there weren't criticisms about your choices mm -hmm. you could just be who you wanted to be and showing feminine masculine at the same time mm. is so beautiful it's just the best mm. it's the balance do you think i i often think about the the people who was um blazing a trail in that respect and also the people who are doing it now and i i wonder whether it's it's to do with people who are questioning rather than very uh 
self-defining because there's often um, in the LGBTQ community, gay men are, are like, oh, we are pioneers, we are, we are all about fashion, we're all about design. But the, uh, a lot of gay men are some of the most conservative creatures you'll ever find. I was just going to say. Are, they are not. Yes. Uh, and also, I'm obviously making a sweeping generalization here, and I am a gay man here wearing a skirt in front of you. <laughs> and you know how I dress. You know I'm very, right. I, you know, I my clothing is very much a part of who I am. Right. I, I left the house a few months ago and I was wearing jeans and a T-shirt. I can't remember why. And I suddenly had a panic and I'm like, no, this is, I can't be this person today. This is, this, these don't go with these shoes. And I, just, <laughs> and I went back and, and changed into something that I felt was the right thing for me during the day. But, the, um, but people like David Bowie, people like Mick Jagger, who were, um, who were seen very much as mainstream very sexualized icons for they were they would have been seen as primarily heterosexual icons but it was when they blurred that when they were like oh i'm going to wear a fur coat i am going to wear makeup i'm going to do what i like mm -hmm. i think that's that was, that was maybe more groundbreaking and more and shook things up more mm -hmm. than um Sylvester or or you know or boy or boy George mm -hmm. who was like well this is you know this, this sort of felt boy George sort of mixed mixed high fashion at the time in the 80s with that sort of very British pantomime yeah. style do you, do you do you feel it has to be that there has to be a blurring of sexuality in the protagonist to, for it to be interesting do you think it's like, or if you say like, I'm gay and I'm going to do this, is it is that just as restrictive as saying, I am a blue collar worker, or I'm a, you know I work mm -hmm. at Goldman Sachs and I wear you know this suit and this this tie? Well, like you said, I know so many conservative gay men mm -hmm. and women, very conservative, um, and that's their personality. Mm -hmm. That's that's who they are. I mean, intrinsically, they're that way. Um, so I don't think it's, it's a defined mm -hmm. label. I think a lot of it is personality and a lot of it is being able to express yourself creatively. So you can't leave the house mm -hmm. if something feels off to you mm -hmm. because that's your aesthetic spirit. That's, that's what disturbs you. And I have the same thing, and I, mm -hmm. we know other people who are as crazy as we are. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who express their feminine side or masculine mm -hmm. side in the work they do, or in the way they treat people, or in ways that are very quiet. But the idea of seeing this visually happen mm is often the beginning of the most conservative mm -hmm. being able to feel more relaxed about redefining conservative mm -hmm. and that can be for any gender any any variation on sexuality so i i think seeing it to begin with mm -hmm. gives permission mm -hmm. and especially if it's done well and I love the way it's being done now. Mm -hmm. I just love it. I think it's, it's fresh and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time, which is different mm -hmm. from when you see it the first time and it's radical. Mm -hmm. But it's 
been it only existed for a very short time. So even though it's not the first time, there's still so it's so new mm-hmm. and nobody's seen it before in the context that it's mm-hmm. in now that it's going to stimulate and excite and inspire mm-hmm. so much more that will evolve from it. So this is just the beginning. This is the mm-hmm. door opening. Now think of the, the possibilities. Do you do you think we still dress for sex? Do you do you think we we dress primarily to attract a partner who we can have sex with? What a great question because so much of what we do right now is through our phones, mm-hmm. meeting people through mm-hmm. our phones, communicating. So it's more about the Instagram photo mm-hmm. of us that mm-hmm. is either appealing or not in mm-hmm. the caption. So I'm not sure that that really exists unless there's an intentional, I can almost visualize the girl or the guy who's going to a place mm-hmm. to pick up someone, but that's sort of disappearing. It's mm. a different different kind of thing right now. And it's more of what you have in common mm-hmm. that is attractive. I think, um, I think more now we're dressing again to express mm-hmm. who we are. And I love that. And that means maybe there are less stylists Mm -hmm. doing that for us, which is such a healthy move to really know somebody Mm -hmm. by the choices they personally make. Mm -hmm. And there's no right or wrong. I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that we're so critical of people in the way they look is so horrible and mean that the fact that somebody can feel good about wearing two different color shoes Mm -hmm. and loving it or doing whatever and like maybe it's kooky to some people Mm -hmm. but so what yeah that expression is so needed and and i think it will spark and and give life to the fashion industry Mm -hmm. in a new way and it's starting to already i think and i think it'll inspire interiors Mm -hmm. i think it'll Mm -hmm. inspire hair everything uh, and the way we connect with one another so there so much about the way we tell our story not just through social media but the way we tell mm-hmm. the story whether it's no makeup makeup mm-hmm. or i wear dresses and not pants or like you're saying a lot about who you are you're saying who you are, mm. and you made this choice. It's a piece mm. of art. I love the way you put yourself <clears throat> together. I think it's just so skillful and easy. It doesn't look like you spent mm-hmm. time on it. It just looks like you have certain amount of black pieces in your wardrobe. With All a of white them. <laughs> with a white T-shirt. <laughs> and... Everything works, mm. and depending on how you feel, mm. you look amazing. And there's no question that it's you, and your hair, mm. and your beard, the whole thing. I think that is the definition of what you mm. want everybody to have the freedom to do. I wonder, um, 
and lots you know we're not going to talk for a whole hour about sex but it's so in it's so integral to the way we dress and the way we could choose what we wear um i also wonder whether we're at a stage now where there's a younger generation who are so much more interested in being open about experimentation and they you know they don't want to be they don't say they're straight they don't say they buy they they, they it's like i'm doing this this week if i want to make out with a girl i'm going to make out with a girl if i want mm-hmm. to make out with a girl and a boy it's fine i'll do that and i think once you have that that bound those boundaries are so much looser i think other things follow mm-hmm. so if i want to wear a pair of high heels i wear a pair, mm-hmm. you know it's that kind of thing do you do, do you agree with that it's, a, it's about so. a generation I, I do i think so and i you know i i think it's great to not have all of these kind of rules mm. that are in your head from birth of what should be mm. and what shouldn't be and to be able to have that freedom mm-hmm. and, and and the thing is it's it's not given to them they own it they mm-hmm. just own it yeah nobody said now you can do this yeah, and yeah. it's okay or you can do this and it's radical and different mm-hmm. they don't even see it as radical and different mm-hmm. they don't see it as being you know on the dark side yeah. they're just being and so their idea of sexy mm-hmm. and sexy dressing so if a woman has hairy armpits mm-hmm. that's who she is so uh, you know our models come in with hairy armpits and i'm not shaving them mm-hmm. that's what they want mm-hmm. and they're sexy and mm-hmm. they're gorgeous and the guys are you know free in their way too and i love it i think the girls are just relaxed about body hair mm-hmm. and all of that and the guys are caring more mm-hmm. they spend more time actually than mm-hmm. the girls do in front of the mirror grooming and it's like so cool mm-hmm. how how great is yeah. that and so i i think there's a freedom now that um, you know we should have all been blessed with mm-hmm. but you know what it's a process and seeing this happen tells us that all of the crap that we've been exposed mm-hmm. to for forever is really disappearing mm-hmm. like for real it's disappearing it's not you know an ad mm-hmm. about it and that uh, it, it can only create generations of sort of peace about identity how how quickly do you think these we will see greater changes the because i feel like we you know the the issues around trans, transgender rights and visibility have been so fast and so dramatic and so exciting um that it's like it's difficult to keep up with like you know where we are where, you know what is going on um but i remember when um Jean-Paul Gaultier did skirts for the first time for, for men in 1985, and the year before, Stephen Sprouse had done skirts uh-huh. for men in 19, you know, um, done in a slightly different way. Stephen Sprouse was very rock and roll, and uh-huh. Gaultier was like, here is a, these are long, pleated skirts that were, they look, to me, they looked masculine, which is an, in, we'll talk about uh-huh. this concept in a minute. Um, but that, that show very famously, the whole, I think, I believe it was the whole row of um, French Vogue editors stood up and walked out because they were scandalized. Who yeah. is, what is this? This is disgusting. This is weird. Right. This is not how fashion should go. And I, I, at that time, I, I felt, and I still feel this is a problem. It's not a skirt. It's that it looks gay. 
it looks homosexual and there's still a strange there's a strange tension with uh, with some men including gay men who do not want that connotation in their life why are we still why do we still have that stigma why when we you know we live we live through at such a liberating era and now we're having it again it's mm. still weird it's still there yeah it, and, and a lot of it is what's taught early on and what the belief system mm -hmm. is and maybe it's you know, I'm not against religion. I think everybody should have a choice about how how they want inspiration, mm -hmm. and I think God can be there in many mm -hmm. ways. But sometimes the storytelling about God mm -hmm. is interpretive, and it's it starts to condemn things mm -hmm. that maybe aren't making sense. And so, I think a lot of this stuff is just taught through mm -hmm. for whatever, not just religion, but politically and and it has to get it has to get washed mm -hmm. it just has to but you can't brainwash people you can't emotionally wash people mm -hmm. and it, it's just gonna come it's coming faster and faster but in the 70s I'll tell you it was very interesting you have to just imagine that in the 60s no one was gay mm -hmm. yeah no one was gay mm -hmm. um, I would go on dates, everybody was straight, mm -hmm. no one was gay. Then all of a sudden, there's this gay in the 70s. And I actually knew about it because my mother, somehow in a world where no one is gay, mm -hmm. had gay friends. Mm -hmm. And so I understood there was, a, I understood that mm -hmm. conversation, but then, okay, gay exists. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So when guys were coming in and buying my women's clothing mm -hmm. in the 70s and wearing wrap skirts mm -hmm. over pants and turbans, but I can't express it. It was just cool. It wasn't a, an expression mm -hmm. about being gay or straight. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, to be honest, I didn't even know if they were gay or straight. Mm -hmm. They were just fabulous like whoever they are mm -hmm. they were just fabulous it wasn't even a conversation but you didn't hear people because of the spirit of the time mm -hmm. say oh is that a man or a woman mm -hmm. you know you didn't I, I you just didn't hear it i didn't feel the discomfort of that at the mm -hmm. time that came later mm -hmm. again it came later it came in the 80s and 90s and it, it's there is still when I show pictures of the the clothes I'm doing on men and women, it's like, is that a man or a woman? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, good, I'm doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You don't know, ain't that great? Yeah. Like, there you go. So now, mm. to me, that's a good thing. Mm. If you're having a question, then this is what should be happening. Yeah. The, the whole issue of masculine and feminine dressing is interesting. Um, and it, annoyingly, the, the name of the designer escapes me, who works, who creates the tailoring for Connolly in London. But he does these, you know, the, the, he does these ranges that are very sort of 70s Yves Saint Laurent, and they're very 
sexy but from both men and women and I think it's a lot all about this very narrow cut and this cashmere that's just mm -hmm. sensual to touch on these red leather trench coats it's like ah oh, just you know I want all of this right. but it's so different from I know there's that gender neutral store downtown which is it's like different. it's just t-shirts it's yeah. like yeah no. of course it's gender neutral yeah. it's, yeah. it's whatever um, so I think it's it, it's interesting Asexual, the asexual, yeah. yeah. But I, I, it's how, what's interesting is when it's is sexy and it's and it could work for either gender. Mm -hmm. And thinking back to the, I remember thinking back to those Gaultier kilts when they came out. And they weren't kilts; they were like kind of very long. Um, and I remember thinking they just look really good. I don't see that as a skirt. There's, but I also felt it was a very masculine skirt in the same way a kilt is a very masculine kilt. Mm -hmm. I think a woman in a kilt would look maybe slightly strange because the design is for, you know, it suits... Yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's for the hips, it's for like a, a muscular calf and a, yeah, and a boot, and it's very sexy. Um, I went to see Glenda Jackson in King Lear the other evening, which is so interesting it's one of the ugliest productions I've ever seen in terms of the stage set right. and the and it's confused and muddled and it's yeah. it detracts from the performances but there were two inter interesting elements they her playing King Lear and one of the other yeah. characters who is a man in a kilt and I thought two things one the man in the kilt looks so sexy it's just there's nothing sexy in that mm -hmm. it, it it really accentuates some of the best things right. I like about a man most um but also with Glenda Jackson, they were playing with these very masculine overcoats and, and these shapes and these heavy, heavy wools. And that was interesting. But fundamentally, it was just an actor being amazing. And you believed in King Lear. And you didn't think about her gender. You didn't think about Glenda Jackson's gender. It was just the power of the performance mm -hmm. and the power of how she was presenting right. um, her character. Um, slightly getting off track here but you know do you what do, I mean do you, do you think it's t to gender the clothing to, to, to make it masculine or feminine makes it sexy than leaving it neutral well I think it's about the person mm -hmm. right a person is um, appealing or not in the way they present themselves mm -hmm. in the way they speak and what they say and what they're doing. But I also think the choices of fabrics they wear, or the choices of like you sense that fabric mm -hmm. feels a certain way on the skin and mm -hmm. the way you talked about that and how much of the calf is showing, mm -hmm. like above the boot. Maybe seeing the whole ankle isn't mm -hmm. that great. Maybe just above yeah. the boot is right and just enough of the skirts, the kilts, mm -hmm skimming all of that it's all that those little things so it could be a white t-shirt mm -hmm. that is gender neutral mm -hmm. could be extremely sexy not because it's in a wet t-shirt mm -hmm. uh, contest you know on the beach mm -hmm. but because of just where the neckline of it hits mm -hmm. and what else they're wearing with it or how how their how the fit of it is sitting on a male body or a female body. So there's so many things in the choices mm -hmm. we make, and some of it is the clothing, um, and some of it is the simplicity and has nothing to do with the clothing. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I I think about the the fringe pants that 
everybody loves now. It's like, I've been doing these pants mm -hmm. forever. And I have so many women have purchased them. But now I see them on guys and I think, they look so hot. Mm -hmm. They look so much better than on any woman. Mm -hmm. And why do I think that? Because the guy just has a body mm -hmm. that's going to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that fringe mm -hmm. pant on that body looks mm -hmm. just so hot. Whether he has a t-shirt on or an open shirt or no mm -hmm. shirt or whatever. Um, tattoos. All of it, it's just, the, it's like he's moving, mm -hmm. his body's moving in a different way than a woman's body mm -hmm. has a different kind of move on it. And it's just so hot. And, and, and by accident, you see that that's what mm -hmm. happens to that piece of fabric on a male form versus a female mm -hmm. form. So just like the kilt, there's just something that hits that makes it look so right. Mm -hmm. And I love to see that what happens when something with a feminine spirit is in a different context. Mm -hmm. It's so exciting. It's really, it's, it just, it, it, it excites and it's, it's stimulating and it inspires more. Mm -hmm. So, the good news is there's more to come. This is mm -hmm. not the end of the conversation. This is like the super beginning mm -hmm. of the conversation. It's, I think there are so many... Um, actually, there are not. I retract that. There are too few designers who are pushing that forward. I keep often... You know, we've... I'm, I love what Rickowens does, and I think one of the things he does so well is he's, as you said, he he will use a certain sheer fabric, and it will look so different on a man than it would do on a, on a woman. And I love it when you get those those Rickowens t-shirts on, on a man, and they're tattered, and you can see the musculature, and the, mm -hmm. it exposes certain, certain parts of the body in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then with a woman, it drapes in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And but it's not. I don't feel it's feminine or masculine. Exactly. It's just. Yeah. It really is very sexy, mm. and I think also what he's done with skirts, and it's a much more of a sort of sepulchral robe mm. kind of affair, and it just looks very cool. Yeah. It looks really nice, and I think he's really pushed the skirt forward for mm -hmm. men. Um, and I think there's in the same way that you do things that are so interesting that can work for for either person. It looks, it just is, it's exciting, and I, I, I don't think. Uh, a lot of designers mm -hmm. can feel comfortable doing that mm -hmm. transition because the market is so fixed. Mm -hmm. And part of the conversation I like to have about this is maybe we need to change the market mm -hmm. and not have a men's department and a women's For department sure. <clears throat> and have jacket department, mm. trouser department, t-shirt mm. department. Do it in a way where men and women can shop or anybody can mm -hmm. shop in a department if they're looking for a jacket or a place in the way you do almost when you go to an antiquarius. Sure. Or, so you just are looking for things that you love and it brings back that excitement of shopping mm -hmm. again. So I think as an industry, we have to change that and then more designers won't be so fixed mm -hmm. in 
I'm in a woman's contemporary mm-hmm. market, and my buyer only buys mm-hmm. this, and that's what I have to do. Yeah. Fortunately, with websites and social media, we can cross through and do that. But a lot of people who have businesses that mm-hmm. they don't own themselves can't just say, well, that's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do right now. It isn't. I, I was in the Rick Hand store in London recently, and I, there was a pair of pants I really wanted because they, they were a good fit, and the... The assistant said, oh, I think these are the, they're from the women's line. Um, but it, it doesn't matter, does it? Because they're all the same. I'm like, yeah, it's totally the same. Right. And I, like, I prefer this fabric and it fits. So, you know, it's it fits because of the way he cuts. It's it's elasticated, mm-hmm. it's baggy, it's whatever. Right. Um, which is something else I want to ask you. Do you think that the, the way we're being liberated in terms of get, breaking down gender roles and men's and women's departments, does that come from our hunger now for, and I hate the word, athleisure, does it come from a more relaxed way of dressing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, the, the easier it is to take care of your clothes, mm-hmm. the more appealing it is. And the, the clothes that you can have mm-hmm. longer in your wardrobe, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are pieces you treasure, you mm-hmm. take care of them, and you have them for a long mm-hmm. time. That, to me, is really another look at the future of buying things that you intend to wear over and over and over again over a long period of time, or maybe you buy two or three Mm -hmm. of them because you know you're going to wear those pieces. So valuing Mm. clothes, talking about sustainability, Mm -hmm. like the sleeping bag coat for Mm -hmm. me, is you buy it, you have it for life. Mm -hmm. So... Things like that, I think, are going to become more and more valuable. Mm-hmm. So not just what department it's, is, it's in, but what are you using it for? Mm-hmm. How are you taking care of it? How, um, how long can you have this in mm-hmm. your wardrobe? That's a big deal. That's really important. And many designers, in particular Vivian West, which you know, says buy less stuff, buy, yeah. buy better stuff, just buy less stuff. Um, I have that long sleeve black T-shirt of yours, which launders so well. It, it's just it looks pure black every time I launder it, and it's just <laughs> it's comfortable. It's um, and it's a bait, you know, it's like the perfect base for things. And then I have four pairs of Fon Plisse pants that I live in those, so mm-hmm. I can I can be in New York for six months yeah. with as Holdall because. They, yeah. they, you know, you put them through the washing machine. They're dry. It's immediate. It's, yeah. it's great. So, you know, that's I've set definitely the way forward. But that, but you're uh, you're a, a, a great example of somebody who totally understands what they are about, mm-hmm. who you are, what you want to say, and then you keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And when you keep it simple. It works. Mm. It just does. You're never going to go wrong. Mm. You have all the shoes you love, and I'm sure the shoes you don't love, you end up getting rid of. Oh, yeah. Like, why have them? Yeah. You have all the clothes you love, and you try to take the best care of them Mm -hmm. so that they're there for you. And I think one of the things I learned from um, Bunny Mellon, who was... um, a mentor for Jackie Kennedy and I was fortunate enough to meet her through Robert Isabel Mm -hmm. and she exemplified sort of the Diana Vreeland that whole that whole group of women Mm -hmm. who only only had the clothes Mm -hmm. that they loved 
Jackie Kennedy. She wore the same pants, the same top. Mm-hmm. Same, she had her, her thing down. And these women understood, even though they could have buy anything, they, their core wardrobe mm-hmm. were only the things they loved and collected through the years. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wore the same things and they had a special coat mm-hmm. or something or jacket that they would wear mm-hmm. whenever they wanted to. And so understanding what that wardrobe should mm-hmm. be is also an evolution of a more secure society. The more insecure we are, which we've been going through, mm-hmm. the more we need a label, mm-hmm. the more we need to prove mm-hmm. how important we are, how wealthy we are, or whatever it is with a $2,500 handbag mm-hmm. that you will then sell and mm-hmm. get another instead of getting a handbag. If you, wanted, if you can afford to mm-hmm. spend that money, nobody's stopping you. It's just... It'll look mm-hmm. so much better when it looks like you're wearing mm-hmm. it and you've worn it through the years, that it has the character of your, you know, of sure. your, the use. Yeah. All of that is so telling. Mm-hmm. And to say, you know, I have this t shirt, I've worn it over and over again, there's so, it's so right in the mm-hmm. time, whether it's because of sustainability mm-hmm. or just being smart mm-hmm. and being more secure. You are secure. Mm. You know who you are. So more and more women and men now are understanding that there is a value Mm -hmm. to taking a chance and being authentic. Yes, some people will think you're a jerk Mm -hmm. and some people will think you're fabulous. Mm -hmm. And so what? Just take, take, make Mm -hmm. the investment in your authenticity you're an interesting case in that you so we've just talked about essentially capsule wardrobes I can live in a lot of your stuff and it will take me through any any scenario um, but you also do statement pieces you do show pieces you do theatre you do um, you know you do pieces with impact um, and when I first got to New York a few weeks ago, it was still freezing cold, and I was living in the silver blanket coat, which I love. It's and but there was the, f- the first moment I went out in that coat, and I'm never, you know, I, I'm I will wear anything. I'm not afraid of any. You know, I'm like I'm I'm big and old with a beard. No one tampers with me. It's like you, know, you kind of the old. It's I feel like it's wonderful. Like you know, in my twenties, I'd be like, oh god, can I wear this Vivian Westwood jacket? It's a bit loud. Now no one. You can do anything you like right. when you're older because it's fine. Um, but I've never had such reaction as I've had from that silver coat. You cannot walk one block without someone saying, hey, great coat. Or, or um, I was leaving brunch in the East Village and um, this guy I didn't know came up and, and fist bumped me. It was like, dude, great coat. <laughs> and it, was, it, 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 had this tra- it has this transformative quality right. that is like, um, it's a bit like in, um, when Sally Field is in um, Soap Dish and she wants to feel attention, she gets attention, so she takes Whoopi Goldberg out to pretend to notice her and ask for autographs. So there was a day I was like, I, f- I was feeling a little bit down, and I'm like, I don't, I, I want to be more invisible. So I couldn't wear the coat because right. I couldn't do it. Right. But it's such a magical garment. Yeah. So you do both of these things. You do this. You know these basic lines that you can live in, you, and you can do yoga, and you can do whatever, and you do these show pieces. How do you approach each different end of that spectrum? What is, you know, are they two different, very thought processes? 
They're really not. They're really the same. The sleeping bag coat is a commodity. Mm-hmm. It's meant to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. It's meant to last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's meant to take a sponge and wash mm-hmm. it down and store it away in the winter and uh, in the summer and pull it down in the winter. It's doing its job. Now, there are variations on it, but the coat is also an experience. And... Um, I I love it because it, none of it was intentional. Um, it just was this great shape, and when you do it in silver, it, it mm-hmm. reflects and it does different things. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've actually I know um, I know a woman who's just the sweetest, most beautiful woman, and only wears t-shirts and jeans, mm-hmm. and she bought. A sleeping bag jacket mm-hmm. in camo, like a short one, just mm-hmm. at the thigh. And she wrote me the most beautiful note saying, She has never get, and she's gorgeous. She mm-hmm. says, I never really get noticed for what I wear. Mm-hmm. I've never had that experience mm-hmm. in my life. But my coat creates this environment where strangers Mm. are so friendly Mm -hmm. and talk to me and I've never had that experience and I thought oh my god that is really Mm. a pretty fabulous thing that people can interact Mm -hmm. and um and just feel like it's okay to have a conversation Mm -hmm. with this guy because he's wearing this coat and and so there is something about that mm. that I appreciate. I I had nothing to do with creating that as an intention, mm-hmm. but I I think it's good. Mm. And I and people who have black coats for a hundred mm. years and have been wearing them for thirty years will continue to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Every time I wear the coat, somebody says something nice to mm. me. So how cool is that? Yeah, I I'm struggling to think of other. Examples from fashion history where that is the case, where you you know, um, I think there there have been a lot of cases where there've been insider labels, and um, particularly in the 80s, you'd be like, oh, is that someone's wearing a Hilda Smith bod- um, print body map piece? They are in the know, mm-hmm. but I can't think of something shape-wise or so fundamental like that that you know really gives that experience. It's very interesting. Um, at the um, 10th anniversary of the sleeping bag coat, I put an ad in the New York Times because that's how you communicated. And it was a full page ad, and I invited people mm-hmm. to come down to Wall Street, mm-hmm. you know, where the statue mm-hmm. and the steps are, and meet there mm-hmm. in their sleeping bag coats. And we had a fantastic response. And so I had this guy who interviewed people from mm-hmm. the Daily newspaper mm-hmm. when there was an accident mm-hmm. or a politician or whatever, they mm-hmm. stop at the microphone. So I hired him for the day, and he just interviewed everyone and asked them about their experiences in their sleeping bag coat. And we actually have a film of it, and it's hysterical. I mean, the from... People saying that their cat had kittens mm-hmm. on the coat to these one-night stands mm-hmm. in the coat to um, this one guy stealing eyeliner mm-hmm. from Bloomingdale's in the coat to 
just these like you meet another person in the sleeping bag mm -hmm. code it's like Volkswagen owners beeping to each other it's like everybody had these fun mm. very happy stories mm. um, but there was this commonality that they, it was it was an adventure mm -hmm. it was an experience and the coat was doing its job mm -hmm. it wasn't just fashion in fact it was never really mm -hmm. meant to be fashion it was just meant to keep people warm but fashion and the commodity mm -hmm. like the t-shirt or jeans mm -hmm. do come together yeah. they do collide so and and the fact that I think that I've been in business for over 50 years keeps keeps it alive. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people aren't in business for mm -hmm. 50 years, so something sort of has a, a term limit mm -hmm. on how you're going to remember it. So I think it's just, I keep pumping air to mm -hmm. it unintentionally, trust me, I don't, it's like I just keep making it because people want it. So I, I think there's something to that also that mm. it's reaching generations mm. that it hadn't seen it before either. Mm. I love that video. I've seen it. I've watched it a million times and I've forwarded it to lots of people. It's so, it's the most 80s thing ever. It's just gorgeous and every, everyone's just, you know, we're, you just know that it's the nightclubs they've been to and it's, right. it just it, it just brings back memories of New York from that era. Right. It's so wonderful. Um, and I, I, I think you should do it every 10 years because it, it would be, it would be a great true. document. Yeah, for, no, we were thinking about it too because it really, it's sort of like the ultimate meetup, right? Yeah. It's like, it was, who knew then that that was something mm. that y you yeah. can intend to do now? I, I have been thinking about it because there are so many great stories mm. that are even better. Yeah. It's the resonance of, I think, one of the things that um, keeps fashion interesting um, is the resonance of clothes and what they mean to you, and it's, which is what I'm exploring with this book. I'm interviewing people about what they've kept and not things they bought at auction necessarily because they love them right. something from the 20s it's like no I bought this coat in 1985 and it's I did this in it and I went to this nightclub yeah. and it's you know I've got I got this drink spilled on it and I, mm -hmm. I had sex with this person it, yeah. it's great it's so interesting and when I was interested interviewing um, Jean from the idiosyncratic fashionistas she was married in one of your dresses so we talked for a long time about mm -hmm. this dress and how she did this Bride of yes. Frankenstein look and it was so that dress is so important to her yeah. because it wasn't just a wedding dress it was a Norma Kamali dress that meant mm -hmm. something to her at the time and symbolised a very certain moment in New York um, what for you I know you 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 quite ruthlessly got rid of a lot of your your archive, mm. but do you have anything that's really special to you? Um, uh, you know, not an object, mm -hmm. not an object. I sort of switched that little thing in my mm -hmm. brain. I, I told you when mm -hmm. I turned 50, mm -hmm. um, I needed to do that. Yeah. Creatively, yeah. I needed to do that, um, but I I get excited by things all the time. But I've learned to not let not keep them mm -hmm. as uh, as part of what I might lose. Like I mm -hmm. don't, I have to let go of it mm -hmm. before I fear losing it. So that, for some reason, mm -hmm. has just become my DNA now. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a specific things, but a thing, but I've had 
many things through the years. I think the only thing I have now that has value is Marty uh, gives me and I give him a gift every year on our anniversary and that's a dog tag mm -hmm. from Walmart. So Walmart has this vending machine mm -hmm. where you can get dog tags for your luggage and you can pick from four different typefaces. Mm -hmm. And so we discovered that if you put Norma and Marty together, you get Normarty. So we have Normarty dated mm -hmm. for every year we've been together. And we're now into the mm -hmm. nine year period. So that's awesome. So I have nine dog tags mm -hmm. and, um, and little notes that mm -hmm. he's written to me that I have in paper clips and stuff on a necklace. So mm -hmm. that's more of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't have anything really fabulous okay. that I can't live without. The I'd like to skip back to the um, to the transformative qualities of clothes. Um, we talked a lot about this silver coat, and I've I, I've have a million things that I've kept that I feel have this have had the same effect on me over different years. Um, do you th do you think clothes are armor? I'm thinking of. Um, particularly thinking of the LGBTQ community and you, um, it's not just being tribal, it's about like, I am going to present myself as this and I'm going to be very strong. When we, we discussed about the impact that HIV and AIDS had in the 80s um, in the village in New York generally, and suddenly everyone went from being flamboyant to like hard-bodied military commando boots mm -hmm. rough we're mm -hmm. going to survive this we're in a war mode yeah. which is really interesting and then I'm also thinking now of someone like Billy Porter who is this incredible sort of avatar for for queerness and I think he's so tremendous you know that tuxedo dress mm -hmm. is just like mm -hmm. is amazing is that armor are we you know do we still use clothes as armor you know I, I think yes but um I really think that this is digressing a little bit, mm -hmm. but to explain it. So if you think about the image of um, Sports Illustrated covers mm -hmm. or um, Victoria's Secret mm -hmm. or um, any of these real macho men looks, they're so off what is going on mm -hmm. right now, right? So that expression of the extreme mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable. So my thought, my and, and so I understand here, like mm -hmm. the gender fluid thing, but if you really want to express yourself as a woman mm -hmm. and and show the most female mm. expression, whether it's makeup, hair, mm. gesture, is that expression of a woman going to be the present expression of a woman or the Marilyn Monroe mm -hmm. expression of a woman, which I always think mm -hmm. is the most, if you want, Jane Russell, mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe, that's female, female, 50s, early mm -hmm. 60s. So what, um, 
And I believe there is going to be some creative process because it's not just expressing yourself as a woman, but there's an art. This mm -hmm. is not just putting on a pair of heels. Mm -hmm. This is an art. They're head to toe mm -hmm. purpose and artistry mm -hmm. to create this. So I'm wondering how that is going to evolve. The artistry will be mm -hmm. there. I just know that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure what the expression's gonna look like mm -hmm. when you have total freedom to express your sexuality any way you want. So I think even that mm -hmm. idea is gonna change too. I'm not sure yeah. I know what it is, but I just think the artistry will definitely be there. Will, will this come from a backlash against a certain kind of commercial fashion now, which is, um, I think the epitome of it is like the Supreme store where you have to queue up and you have to like, you have to buy the drop, which such an annoying term it's like you know and i i was thinking about this recently i'm like i used to be you know what what was the equivalent for me in the 80s and 90s and i did you know i wanted that one mcqueen jacket that someone had bought and i wanted it was it, i felt like it was going to really change my life by having it but in a i think it's in a different way i, I like it, it had it had a cultural resonance with me right. and I, I knew him and i knew i went to the show and it was like i want to own this and it's like a part of my history mm -hmm. um but I think there's, there's, there's a danger in you in thinking you, by buying a certain thing, you will transform your mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. because you will not. And we've talked a lot about um, right. the sort of the transformative aspects of clothes and wearing a silver coat and feeling fabulous and being given attention mm -hmm. in the street. But you can't go in, if you go into a high-end store and buy the whole look, mm -hmm. that's not going to transform you into that person. It's weird. It has to be you. Mm. It really has to be you, yeah. which is something you've always yeah. been about. And it's about, which is why it's interesting. You're still, you're, you know, you're pushed to, to get men to explore your collections because like, come on, this is, you may not know about this stuff. You, you, this shop, mm. you may not know about me, but like put on this feather jacket. It's amazing. It will look cool on mm. you. Um, so will we see that? Would you think we're going to see that pull back the, the that commercial thing? I, I, I think it's happening. I, not everywhere, mm -hmm. not yet, but um, I think that this yeah. created this false sense of having to not make a mistake. So if you get this brand mm -hmm. right now, you're not making a mistake. And if people can see the logo, you're even safer. Mm -hmm. So the stepping away from that and sort of the, the expression of self and mm -hmm. feeling good, like I want to say who mm -hmm. I am, those are the people who are gonna do it first. Mm -hmm. And their energy and their confidence it definitely will influence others to follow. So it'll be influencing others to follow, mm. to do their own thing, not to do what they're doing. But it's frightening for people. People it are is, intimidated. It is, but when the norm becomes mm -hmm. the individual versus this, so mm. will that take time? Yes. But I really, I remember a time when that existed. Mm -hmm. So I know it's possible. And I know it's so freeing. Mm -hmm. 
and it's so much fun. And that's really the 70s of where mm-hmm. fashion, in the way we know it, began. Mm-hmm really began. So the 60s burst things open, but the 70s were, okay, this is it. So that was Mm -hmm. the beginning of fun to dress, fun to express yourself. Mm -hmm. That, I believe it can come and I believe it's it's coming. Mm The, the need to look like everybody else is so dangerous Mm -hmm. to our spirit. So I, I think everybody's looking for an expression and a way to free their spirit. We're so controlled right now. We're so mm. overwhelmed by so many things. But the access to it is quite difficult, I feel, as well, because we don't have those. I mean, vintage is great, yeah, you, you know, but if you go into mm. a, tra- a chain store, it's the same five things. Everyone's doing the same yeah. five things. It's well, so boring. Well, that's why they're not doing well, and that's why they're closing. Yeah. So there's a reason why there's less mm-hmm. of that kind of thing now. Mm-hmm. And so what will happen is there are a lot of smaller stores. There are mm-hmm. a lot of very creative people mm-hmm. opening little stores. Mm-hmm. I believe the Upper East Side, mm-hmm. Madison Avenue, mm-hmm. is going to be the new Lower East Side. It's the, the stores are all empty. More and more people are dying mm-hmm. up in the end. They're yeah. all older and they're empty apartments and there are younger people moving up there now it's like the beginning of that so these little stores all of a sudden i'm sure are going to be easier and easier Mm -hmm. to get and then they start making some things and doing just like i did at Mm -hmm. the beginning of making one of these and Mm -hmm. one of those and i better learn how to do sizes and you and these one-of-a-kind things start to develop again and have real value Mm. more and more people will buy one of a kind and then you need a lot of one of a kind so that happened in the 70s Mm. it can happen again the street I was on when I started every store was one of a kind Mm. that certainly feels to me like that's one of the only interesting parts of the fashion industry right now is people who are reacting against fast, fast fashion and Uniqlo and um, you know, and I, I'm sure we're all guilty of shopping at these places occasionally. I have Uniqlo, mm-hmm. you know, those heat tech things because they're useful. And it, I, I'll be stuck in, you know, Tokyo and I've run out of socks. I'll like go to Uniqlo because yeah. why not? Um, but in terms of what's interesting, it is will be this return mm-hmm. to craft and it'll be a return to yeah. something that everyone doesn't have. It's very which is so great. I mean, it's really so fantastic. I. When I see some of these one-of-a-kind mm-hmm. things that I've done through mm-hmm. the years, I get so excited because for me, I'm remembering mm-hmm. making it and what that was for me and every sweat and energy mm-hmm. went into every piece of it. And then seeing people wearing something that nobody else has it's just so cool mm. and it's not because it was so expensive mm-hmm. and nobody else has it it's just because everybody was doing one of a kind mm-hmm. this was fashion nobody had size scales mm-hmm. and you like okay you want that i'll make it in your size and th- and that's mm. so people were having custom things done and it brought to life so much new talent mm-hmm. and this is really the hope the rents are down 
there are areas opening yeah. up just here and I know in London too mm. there are little pockets of things that and so you can start this culture of one-of-a-kind items and I, I even think with um, AI stuff like this can be done online too mm -hmm. which is a whole other kind of conversation but I believe you can even do bespoke online mm. so that to me is the future mm. going back to not having to produce mm. thousands and thousands of pieces of things some things are worthwhile mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of pieces of of certain styles that are a commodity that works that you know yes it's a, a mm. unique low piece or mm. whatever but like the t-shirts they mm. they're that's what they should be and some things work in numbers but other things work in their spirit their mm -hmm. individuality and you can have that for life yeah for life and who else has it do you think we what will happen with the industry in terms of clear overproduction i mean we're looking at you know there's it's will there be a collapse that will change the culture will big names go down i mean we've saw um it's not really what I'm talking about, but you know, the, you know the thing with Ralph Simmons and Calvin Klein. I was like, this is a really interesting project, and I would I, I was really excited by it. Um, but fundamentally, mm -hmm. it still existed to sell underwear, mm -hmm. right? It's like it's this yeah. is the we've you know we've got Peter Savile to tweak the the logo, and that's cost millions, and we you know. But please come and buy some underwear because mm -hmm. that's what the, what the business yeah. is. But do you know? Will there be a, a consolidation of a lot of these big businesses at the lower level? that will facilitate what we're talking mm. about. Well, one of the things that um, we're doing is we're producing too much, mm -hmm. right? Too much of not great. Insane amounts. Right. Too much of not great. Mm -hmm. And when you hear about people destroying clothes because yeah. they can't sell them, you know we have reached the lowest mm -hmm. of the low. We have reached a really decadent devastating part of our integrity mm -hmm. as, a, as an industry and so just from a sustainability point of view that is just immoral mm -hmm. and can't happen so people will create a backlash that will mm -hmm. force integrity and will force character to make decisions mm -hmm. about projections and planning and what's really important. I think when companies get too big, mm -hmm. instead of downsizing, they get bigger. Yeah. So they take on another company, another company. Yeah. And in finance, there's a part of it that works. Mm -hmm. But in fashion, fashion is not about that. It's not about big. Mm -hmm. It's about the intimacy of that piece of clothing in your life. That's mm. really what it's about. And so we're at that tipping point now where the door is opening for these one-of-a-kind mm -hmm. mm -hmm. pieces to be intimate in my life, in your mm -hmm. life, in everybody's lives. And so uh, sometimes it has to get really ugly before it goes right and mm. so the population mm. people will rebel and sustainability 
is really finally mm. the the conversation that everybody is having mm. and has to have. And for our industry, talking about mm. buying less, buying mm. quality, buying fewer things that you really love, never mm. having something in your closet that you're not going to wear. And if you're not, give it to someone. Mm-hmm. Give it give it away. Yeah. Do something with mm-hmm. it, but don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learn learn not to do that again. That excess is obscene and it's mm-hmm. and it's uncalled for. When people tell me I'm gonna I'm gonna lose weight mm-hmm. and then fit into that, it's like don't do that. Don't do that. It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Um, the I mean, very enthused by the what feels like a super sudden surge of interest in climate change, um, particularly in London at the moment, there are these, finally, there's an end to apathy. You know, people have lived through Brexit, which is this incredibly destructive force Mm. for three years, and everyone has just sort of whinged about it on Facebook and done nothing. And I have been, you know, I'm desperate for for someone to take actual physical action and agiprop. But suddenly, like, there are, there are climate change riots. It's like no, we need to. We haven't got time. We've got to deal with this now. You know, there are you know someone's grandchild now is in jeopardy mm. because we have ten years or five years or whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's outrageous. So I wonder how quickly we'll get to this point with overproduction and the fashion industry because it should be quite fast. Mm. But at the same time, what happens to those people who can't afford to buy artisanal pieces that are that will last a lifetime. They will still need to buy clothes. So what will their options be? Well, I think um, you can buy craft pieces that are made from little villages around the Mm -hmm. world that are not expensive, that are handmade, that are really gorgeous and special. Mm -hmm. Um, And some... One of kinds don't have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. They really don't. It's it's more um, about the machine that the fashion industry becomes. When you get to a certain size, mm-hmm. you can only get bigger. If you stay the same size, you're it's you're just gonna yeah. collapse. Yeah. So so that's different from finding those pieces, those things that you can have but there will always be commodities there's always going to be walmart yeah there's always going to be a place where you get good socks Mm. underwear great price for Mm. t-shirts great jeans at a certain price though they're they're always going to exist or just a a good sweater Mm -hmm. or t-shirts made out of certain fabric Mm. but there's always a need for that because that can be your wardrobe for life Mm -hmm. you don't need to have anything else and if you get that one crafted piece Mm -hmm. then it works with your wardrobe so any crafted pieces you collect them Mm. will work with that core sort of commodity um, wardrobe I I think that, and I also think shoes, Mm -hmm. the way we look at shoes. Shoes are another kind of addiction that people have with like numbers of shoes. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. I, to me, shoes are an important part about the Mm -hmm. way I feel about myself for the day or how I want to walk or how I want to stand. But I have shoes 
since the 80s that I still wear. Mm -hmm. And I've rebuilt <laughs> several pair of shoes yeah. because there is something about them, their shape, their, their just mm -hmm. the, the pitch, whatever it is that I really take care mm -hmm. of and, and keep. So I think it's, again, having, you can have things and have them for a long period mm -hmm. of time and take care of them. So if it's a special craft piece, mm -hmm. you do that. But you always need core basics, mm -hmm. and that will always be an industry. Mm -hmm. And like I said, Walmart's not going anywhere. They're, they're entrenched, mm -hmm. and they get it. They get what it is, mm -hmm. the price, how to, how to get it mm -hmm. made, and serve a population. That was great. That I, was really, I enjoyed that so much. <laughs> so cool. <laughs>